0: What's going on today? Thanks for stopping by. This episode of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Muskoka Spray Foam Insulation. If you need your home spray foamed, be sure to check out msfi.ca today. Drew and the crew are waiting to hear from you by Highland Custom Builders. Your vision, built custom by Kyle Outridge Productions if you need custom graphic work, merchandise or anything for your big event be sure to check out Kyle Outridge Productions today find them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you name it they're there for you for your custom graphic work and lastly we're brought to you by Manscaped be sure to check out the gold standard in men's grooming by heading over to manscaped.com find what you need be sure to check out the Lawn Mower 3.0, and when you get ready to check out, use the offside code OFFSIDE20 to get yourself 20% off on your purchase. Alright ladies and gentlemen, let's go! Are you ready to go offside? Because it's Offside Hockey Talk with your host, James Roberts. Ladies and gentlemen, obviously you've heard everything is breaking around the NHL. This weekend was supposed to be just positivity, excitement. The NHL is coming back, but you knew the dark cloud of COVID was going to strike at some point. So I have Blaine and jumping on right here with me from Habs Unfiltered to talk about the news around the Montreal Canadiens breaking this evening. And of course, lots of news that will come from other teams, as reporter Chris from Sportsnet has said. Blaine, how's the evening treating you? Uh. It's, it's an evening. <laughs> <laughs> so, instant gut check reaction. What do you think about the uh, the information coming out from The Athletic about the Montreal Canadiens? Well, before I dive into that, I just
1: want to uh, pass on to your listeners uh, my day job. I'm, I'm a sailor in the Royal Canadian Navy, and uh, I've spent most of the day glued to the TV with, with my fellow sailors, and we're sending all our thoughts and prayers out to the USS Bonhomme Richard down in San Diego where's, uh, that ship is fighting a massive fire and several sailors are hurt so uh, just wishing the best for
0: them 100% I did read that actually I was following along on your timeline and that is something I, we send it along as well something you never want to hear and especially uh, for you it's really close to home so hope everyone is safe and well and if they get it under control soon uh, that's that's our hope but
1: uh, moving back to something less sad, I guess. I don't know.
0: It's in the, it's <laughs> in the same COVID. vein, I guess. I mean, we're still talking about something that's potentially harmful and deadly to others. So it's in the same vein, I would say. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. So the uh, the Canadians did, uh, in a roundabout way, release some information today about uh, three members of the team testing positive for COVID. So that's, that's some big news. That probably explains why Max Domi was given an extra 7 to 10 days to decide if he was going to stay or opt out.
0: Well, the question I want to ask right away about Max Domi, I asked Eric Engels this as well, he didn't think that he would play. Uh, He was very skeptical that he would join the team due to the fact of him having type 1 diabetes and obviously COVID not going well with that and any underlying illness for that matter. Um, Do you see Max Domi suiting up for the Montreal Canadiens or do you see him... uh, passing and for me I'll say it before you answer I, I think he should pass I think your uh, safety and health should be paramount in these situations and I would say the same thing if you play for the Toronto Maple Leafs I think your safety and your health are way more important than obviously I know it's a dream but chasing the Stanley Cup Well, and that's the thing uh, my
1: personal belief is that he should not play But uh, you look at Hammonick out of uh, Calgary he, he chose not to opt out for the sake of his family so it's not an easy decision especially for a young guy like Max he's never played in the NHL playoffs and this apparently now is technically the playoffs so um, it's it's a tough call and when you're that young you may not have that long term vision for you know if I catch this maybe when I'm 50 it'll affect me more but I I think I'm leaning 60-40 that he's not going to play and The way the team has it set up, um, he has until tomorrow afternoon to put in his paperwork for opting out. I don't think he'll do that, and the team is going to give him the choice to, uh, within the next 7 to 10 days to decide to opt out, which means he'll still be on their roster, but he will not go to the bubble with the team or
0: the training camp. Well, the other part I'm wondering about that is obviously what if they do – tell him, hey, take your seven to ten days, but they come to an agreement that maybe he'll wait until the uh, the team shrink, till everyone gets a little bit smaller, uh, say if the Montreal Canadians do go on a heater, and they end up getting to, say, the quarterfinals or the conference finals, and, you know, it's down to four teams, and there's a lot less people involved, a lot less risk involved, um, then allowing him to play, do you think they would be able to do so?
1: Well, if he's on the roster, and he's uh you know, and yeah, yeah, if he's on their list, he he should be allowed to play. But if he's opted out for health reasons, I can't I can't see them him reversing course and jumping in mid playoff uh, on the you know like the one in twenty million chance that they actually do make it that far.
0: No, for sure. but the only thing I'm thinking is, you know, there's always ways to circumvent things. um, you know, they could say, hey, he doesn't feel comfortable with the amount right now, but if the Montreal Canadiens to go forward, or maybe they put him on some sort of injury thing. I know there's a lot of chatter right now around Toronto with Andreas Janssen. Dubas came out and said today that if he at uh, the least make it to, I think the second round, he should be available to play. Um, but he's not on their roster list. So I've been trying to get an answer of how that is possible. If he's not on their list, how is he going to be allowed to play if he's not on you know any documentation to be a part of it? So I'm wondering if the same thing can happen with Max Domi. I'm not sure how that would work, but Domi will be on their roster list. Okay. So, so but by I mean, NHL rights, he would be able to play. There you go. So he can – technically, he doesn't have to play. No. I mean, he just he's on the list. There's a lot of these guys that are going to be on the list that probably won't see a sniff of ice time unless a team gets decimated with injuries, which definitely can happen with something like this and the heat getting turned up pretty quick. Um but, I mean, he, I guess he could sit and cool his heels until till a point. But I guess you're right. I mean, you want to be in the thick of it and grinding with this team because you know how chemistry gets. You get things rolling properly. And next thing you know, you add a player back in and maybe that chemistry falls apart. So, I don't know. It's, it's a hard situation for Max, and I agree with you. A young guy probably wants to throw caution to the wind and chase a dream. But at the same time, what are the long-term effects if he does get it and what happens to him? And I'm thinking a lot of these guys already. I mean, you look at the positive tests that are coming out. Austin Matthews for the Maple Leafs had it. What has it done to his lungs? What has it done to his body? They say he's fine, but there's a lot of people that this disease does a lot of harm to, you know, especially the lungs. And obviously, these guys need, you know, the heavy set of lungs to be able to play this game. I'm wondering for you, uh, where do you think it goes for these players that test positive? And do we see anybody maybe this is it for them they can't play after this because their lungs are scarred and things are all messed up because of covid
1: well the long term health effects I, I don't know um it, it seems to be a hit and miss some people could be absolutely fine and others are uh on ventilators or or worse um i mean and it doesn't go by uh, you know just the the elderly falling ill and dying either
0: it, it nope. could be anybody Yep. So it's 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 a
1: difficult call for each player and for these teams, especially entering the bubble. So if anybody in the bubble catches it, uh, it, it that's going to be a very difficult decision if you just isolate a single player for 14 days after their positive test or if they're completely taken out of the, the bubble altogether.
0: Well, the other question I've been wondering, and really I don't think there's a clear answer as of yet, because I think... Just like uh, Chris Johnson and um, Elliot Friedman said, everything has to go perfectly. Nothing can be missed. Everything has to go so smooth to get them to the bubble. But my question is, what if a team pops two or three days before the bubble, before you're supposed to travel to get there? What do you do then? Does that team forfeit? Are they eliminated? Do they push the schedule? Because everything seems to be so finite on the times that they have set. So, I mean, if anything messes with that, does that team just get cut off and that's it? Because obviously, we need 14 days. So, per se, we'll use the St. Louis Blues. Players tested positive because they went out to a bar in St. Louis. And now, I think it was five, four players and a, a management member were all tested positive. So, what if that happens two to three days out? What do they do with that team? I want to know what your thoughts are there. Does that team still get to come to the bubble and quarantine within the bubble? Or do they push? Or does that team forfeit because of, uh, I guess, poor decisions by other people? The MLS is dealing with
1: that now. Uh, They've they've had a player test positive, and it canceled the uh, Toronto FC's last game. Um, I'm not 100% sure if they're going to eliminate a team from the bubble, but uh, other teams, uh, I believe Dallas or uh, Nashville, sorry, Nashville opted out of going down to the MLS tournament altogether because of that. Yep. My my guess for the NHL is what they'll probably do is – The players and coaches that test positive will be left behind, and anybody else will be allowed to go.
0: That is that is my belief of what the NHL is going to do. That could weigh heavy. So, what do you think teams are telling players right now? Obviously, we're a couple of weeks out from everybody getting to the bubble, boarding planes or buses or however they're going to get there. What do you think the message is to players? Is it stay home, stay out of public, don't go to bars? You know, obviously we've seen Vertanen in Vancouver on the old Instagram. You know, sitting at the bar with a couple other guys, and we all know how common spaces uh, contract this disease. So, do you think teams are telling guys, cool your heels, stay home, and get to the tournament, enjoy your family, or is it just business as usual for these people? If
1: I were running a team, I would have everybody that I wanted on my roster and management team to go into the bubble with us to self-isolate at home end of story. So if you're practicing at a practice facility, that's okay because the players and staff are tested there daily. But if you're not there,
0: you go home and you stay home. Well, I like what teens were saying that they were doing as well, of having team staff members, you know, bring food, take people to appointments, especially when the players are gone. But I'm sure that still extends to now. Obviously, you want to get your team to the bubble. And that by all standards seems to be the hardest part about this is getting everyone there, you know, safely and healthy. But right now, it seems to be you're looking. Tonight, we have the Montreal Canadiens. You heard about the St. Louis players. Um, you know, Austin Matthews has popped. The Guys down in Arizona, same thing. Obviously, Dallas is having a huge time. Um, not the team itself, but the city with all of the the positive tests for COVID. You look at Florida. You have Tampa and the Panthers down there there's a lot that could happen and everything needs to go smooth. I agree with you that everybody should be quarantined in their house with their family members, have others bring food or whatever. Obviously these guys are well equipped to handle the situation, but it seems to be one that's going to be forever fluid until they get there. Yeah. Until there's a vaccine, this
1: is going to be a very, very difficult time for everyone to deal with, especially, especially professional sports where, um, getting sick like this could be a career ender if if not worse so they have to be extremely cautious uh in the canadian armed forces uh what we did prior to deployments was completely isolate individually in a room for 14 straight days before going into a group but we were tested before we went to those groups so we were completely isolated we were tested then we were able to go into the uh, the the group that was that all had isolated in a, a separate area away from anybody else, so that we were completely COVID free, and then we were left out at sea for <laughs> for several <laughs> months. So um, we were completely isolated from everybody for that entire time, and that's that's essentially what's going to have to happen for the NHL in these two bubbles if they want to make if they want to ensure. That they're going to be COVID-free. These players are going to have to self-isolate at home. They're going to need, as you mentioned, staff members uh, delivering items for them and whatever they need. Um, there, they should be uh, the, the two clean zones should be their home and the practice facility. Yep. And it's highly, highly important that both locations get uh, get cleaned and scrubbed down to prevent COVID spread daily multiple times a day so it's it's not going to be easy and there's going to be stuff missed so I fully expect to find out that one two even 10 players
0: get COVID during the time that they're in the bubble well that's the big question about the the bubble as well how locked down is it going to be we already seen a few texts and screenshots floating around about the NBA situation where people have been invited to come into the bubble that aren't a part of teams or anything like that and you know they're getting in there. So obviously these things can happen the same way with the NHL. I'm wondering you look at the uh the punishments and the the guidelines laid out that, you know, it could be loss of draft picks, it could be suspensions, it could be fines. Um what do you think would be enough if a player is caught breaking the rules for this bubble? What do you think they should be done? Do you think they should be removed from the tournament? Um, you know, suspended for games for the next season? Because obviously, those kind of as actions are not just affecting you, but they're affecting your teammates and the other teams staying in that bubble. Um, it's
1: it's a tough call, but I think a good uh, a good measure would be to once the once a player has been caught breaking those rules, that they'd have to self isolate. Alone in a hotel room for 14 days, meaning they cannot join the team, they can't play, so they're they're out any possible um, gameplay. They won't win. Say a team wins a, a series, or the, there's cash awards for every series win, so they would not be privy to that money, which would be a financial uh, penalty for them as well. So <clears throat> these these are things that they could do. Um, they could also. Comp- just kick the player out of the bubble and not allow them back for the remainder of the playoffs
0: well that would would be the way that I would want to do it I want the player removed because obviously and I'm not saying that players are bad apples or they're problematic obviously they're accustomed to doing what they do when they're on the road and away from home or whatever it is that these guys partake in but you know if that continues to happen like I said it's a selfish act so I mean you're brought into this bubble with the expectations that hey you should be uh, staying with your teammates, you know, kind of enjoying this situation because not a lot of people get to have what you're having, which is world class service at your fingertips, twenty four seven, while you're in the bubble and while you're playing. That's true.
1: They're gonna be uh, they're gonna be in some very nice locations when they're in uh, when they're in isolation. So they'll have world class service. They're gonna have uh, world class facilities. Uh, I- I saw the uh, the Hotel X in Toronto, uh, that, that resort that they have set up. Which is, which is uh, you know, congratulations, here's your reward. But uh, it's a good learning experience. Uh, Romanoff for instance, there's a, there's a young player that in, by Wednesday afternoon, uh, they have to decide if he's going to uh, burn his first year of his ELC. And if he does, then he's available to practice with the team and go into the bubble and stay with them. So, you know, these are little little storylines behind the storylines that that we're looking at in Montreal.
0: Well, I look forward to seeing who makes the ice for the, the Montreal Canadiens. It's going to be a good time. Um, the biggest question I have for you, when you've seen the new CBA and the MOU come out, I'm wondering, is there anything that uh, caught you off guard or anything that you really liked? One of the things I really liked was the uh, over-35 contracts no longer counting against the cap. Giving the older players the opportunity to sign maybe two or three year deals where they haven't been able to do that as of late.
1: Yeah, the uh, the fact that if they retire, there's no cap penalty. Uh, I I do I do like that because then it, it it takes away that disincentive that used to be there for NHL GMs to not sign these players, which it kind of cuts short in some careers in my opinion. So now you're going to see guys get these two-year deals, three-year deals uh, that are over 35 that, you know, honestly could still play. So guys like uh, Kovalchuk, for instance, uh, when he signed in Montreal for that, you know, he got traded to Montreal. That was great. Uh, You know, now he's available to sign another deal. So maybe he gets a two-year deal and it doesn't hurt him. Um, You know, players like that, I think we're going to see a little bit more of. And honestly, that's, that's, I think, good for every hockey fan.
0: Well, there's lots of guys, and I look at it, Joe Thornton or, uh, you know, Patty Marlowe, those kind of guys there that are signing the one year forever deals with whatever team they sign with, whether it's San Jose, Toronto, or you look at now Patrick Marlowe signing again with San Jose, going to Pittsburgh. You know, you want to see those guys be able to extend their their careers, but, uh, you know, not at the detriment of other teams. And teams look at them and say, well, can't give you a three year deal. And Patty Marlowe, at least with the Leafs, got what he wanted, but not a lot of guys are getting that ticket.
1: No, and it would uh, it would had that rule been in place two years ago, the Leafs wouldn't have had to give up a first round pick to get rid of his contract.
0: Yeah, don't remind me.
1: <laughs> well, I kind of have to. It's a thing that Habs fans have to do.
0: <laughs> oh, I know. Trust me. Soon you'll be <laughs> soon you'll be busting out the 67, haven't been no. past the second round.
1: Eh, no, no, I just I like subtle jabs. <laughs> the obvious stuff I leave I leave aside.
0: Well, the obvious stuff just gets beaten over the head so much, it's no longer fun.
1: Exactly. And this is supposed to be fun. If we're going to jab each other, let's do it. You know, you need to be a little bit creative and, you know,
0: unexpected. Well, that's just it. And you know what? I think we're going to have a lot of fun with this playoffs. I really hope for some reason, you know, this is the leafiest thing that could happen. And call me a homer for the Leafs, but there's going to be no fans. There's going to be no parade. There's going to be no fanfare really within the rinks. So wouldn't this be the time that Toronto and Montreal get to meet in the playoffs or a Canadian team gets to win the Cup, especially the Leafs, because obviously there'd be a huge asterisk and every fan forever would say, well, you didn't really win the Cup. You really didn't. You won a, a tournament in the summer. Congratulations. And they decide to put your name on Lord Stanley's mug. I can hear it now.
1: Honestly, if, if whoever wins this Cup, should not get an asterisk there's an extra round to the playoffs there's uh there's the they have to go through four rounds plus a play-in uh it doesn't matter if it was played the summer or if it was played the friggin spring it's the same damn thing so what's with the asterisk
0: i don't get it listen i called it the beast mode man i called the beast mode playoffs because i guess like you just said you got to go through five rounds you're doing it during a pandemic you're coming off a huge layoff, and then like you see, you got to go through five different rounds. That never happened before. The cool thing that I like though is any play-in team, all the stats go forward. Same with the uh, teams who are looking for seeding, like Boston and Tampa and those guys. So there's more time to accumulate points. So there's going to be bigger numbers than we see in the playoffs before, potentially from a Panarin or a Matthews or maybe a Johnny Drewan or something.
1: Well, it'd be nice to see Drew and I do well in, a, in a, the series against Pittsburgh. Uh, I know that m- there's a, there's a split in the Habs fan base where they want to lose so they have a chance at Nafin Or, you know, and others are saying, well, you can't cheer against your team. Uh, myself personally, I see it as a win-win for Habs fans. If they win, great. If they lose, hey, you got a one-in-eight chance. So just watch it and enjoy. We're going to have 14 hours of hockey a day. Sit down get yourself ready and just enjoy the marathon.
0: Oh, it's going to be an absolute marathon. What is it? 52 games in nine days.
1: Yeah, and they better hope to God there's no overtime because uh, the way they uh the game schedule, there's only a couple hours in between each game.
0: Yeah, there's no window. There's no room for error. That's what I said earlier. Everything has to go off without a hitch. Everything needs to be perfect. And imagine, though, there's going to be a game that goes into triple or quadruple overtime And the team sitting waiting in their gear is just going to be fuming.
1: (laughs) They're going to be up in the stands throwing shit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's going to be a lot of pucks hitting the ice and one going in the net. Someone celebrating something that didn't count.
1: Well, my my concern is, you know, the mini sticks tournament that they're going to have at the hotel. Is anyone going to get hurt doing that?
0: Oh, I could see it. It was Mancuso saying every stick's going to get broken. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know I'd break a couple of sticks. Oh my god. You know what? Especially if you got the chance to maybe go floor by floor, you know, whatever, Toronto and whoever, playing each other, mini-stick tournament, you know guys will be taking a few liberties at one another, especially if they're playing.
1: <laughs> well, that's what we did when we were kids when we were doing these travelling tournaments, and I can't see uh, these grown these grown children doing anything different.
0: No, I can't either, and you know what? I could see coaches and staff maybe taking away the mini-sticks, and that's when the balled-up socks or the roll of toilet paper comes out and it gets real competitive with the hands. Nothing like getting a good old slap when you're trying to get the ball or get the puck or whatever you're slapping around.
1: Well, uh, maybe the maybe the coaching staff is going to be in the, in the uh, stairwell drinking with each other, just like the parents do at these hockey tournaments.
0: You know what? I honestly could see it. I could see it being just one big summer tourney and all these guys rolling back the clock, especially the older guys, and just enjoying the shit out of it.
1: May as well. I mean, uh, these things, uh, this, the way it's happening, you'll never see, uh, hopefully, never see this again. So make it a one-time thing. Enjoy it. Just have fun. Fans, too.
0: Well, that's just it. I see so many people. And, I mean, you know, obviously, do you want to see anybody get sick, get hurt, you know, lose anything? No, I don't. I want to see everybody be healthy and happy. But if they can do this right and pull it off the right way and everybody stays healthy and safe during this thing, then why not? You know, 2020 needs a win. 2020 needs some positives. So if basketball, hockey, baseball, soccer, football can bring some enjoyment to people that are going through a rough time, that are a little scared to go out, may not be able to get back to work yet, if they can add that enjoyment for a little bit, that's something that 2020 needs. And, hey, let's get it rolling, but just do it safely.
1: Exactly. And that's why if anyone is going to be critical of a player – who decides not to play or they feel shouldn't have played because of any underlying condition, fans need to back off. These guys are making choices for themselves and we have to respect their decisions.
0: Nope. that's why yesterday I put out that video just myself. I, Cause I've seen a lot of comments underneath the, uh, the Hammonick and then the camp fear. And, and you just watch these guys who are Sven Varchi, everybody chicken chirps at them. You know, it's not needed for one these guys are coming back to play during an absolute tough time it's a pandemic i look at a lot of people that haven't left their house in three months four months to work but they're expecting these guys to travel and go into some of these cities where things are hot and heavy right now and you know if you're not going to do it don't expect anybody else to do it but it's it's on them to make their own choices for their family for their health and if they don't want to play because of it you got my vote man Stay safe, we'll see you next year or when things calm down. Exactly. The only thing that I don't like about this whole situation that the NHL kind of uh, handcuffed players, if you have to, to say it one way, is the fact that they made it so no player could really sign overseas. You look at Roman Polak, he signed overseas because he thought he could make a quick buck, play a little hockey while waiting to come back, and now he's stuck, he can't opt out because the NHL has the agreement saying that any player that signs overseas, whether um, they're in the play-in or not, is not eligible for the 2021 season. So that kind of hinders players trying to get back up to speed, especially guys who are going to be sitting and cooling their heels really till November or December when everything decides to pick back up again for the entirety of the league. So I'm wondering, before we end off, what do you think on that? And do you think that's kind of selfish of the NHL to not allow those players to come back?
1: I think it is kind of selfish of the NHL. I mean, these guys, uh the regular season is done. These guys whether they stay with the team or not, their contracts are done. So why not why even bother? There's it's maybe two or three people and they're not even it's not like it's Austin Matthews taking off and going back to Switzerland. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's Roman Pollock. He decided, you oh, know what, I'm old enough, I've played enough years, I wanna to go to Europe make a make a few bucks and kind of just enjoy my my sunset time and then they went and ruined it so i i don't understand why they would
0: bother with that um it just seems, it, it seems like the NHL trying to protect their investment just in case per se i don't know name a team uh, san jose say brent burns decides hey you know what i'm gonna go tear up switzerland for a couple months while these guys are out slugging for the cup because we're not playing till november december I'll go sign and play with them in September, October. I'll opt out in the end of October, come back, go to camp, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think it's the NHL trying to prevent those things from happening for these guys going over because a lot of these guys would get an opt-out clause, and I'm sure a lot of those teams over in Europe or Russia or wherever would love to have a draw name come over and whatever, boost the team up a little bit, do a little jersey sales, a little PR, have a little fun with it. So I think that's the NHL just trying to put the handcuffs on players and, that's the only thing that really didn't uh, sit well with me so far,
1: well, I mean burns is still under contract for a few more years, so Pollock his contract was supposedly up July one, so in my view he he lived up to his contract uh they just extended everybody's the free agency to to Halloween, so they arbitrarily changed a contract on a player that had already signed something and had played out his entire contract, yeah, so that that is what I found dirty in cases like that, that that was just wrong.
0: Yeah. Well, like I said, it makes for those players that will be free agents and buying for a contract and especially fringe guys that are on the bubble to make the NHL with whatever team they sign with. It's going to make it real hard for them because you're going to be going to camp after how long off and you haven't really had game time. And, you know, you got these young guys that are going to be hungry that I don't know, will find different ways to get into different situations to keep themselves up to tempo. But, I don't know. I just didn't like it. It didn't sit well. I don't like the way it sounds or feels. And it just really seems like the NHL trying to put the handcuffs on and protect their investment.
1: Yeah. yeah. I I can't argue that at all.
0: Well, Blaine, I want to thank you very much. Obviously, this is a quick one. It's good to have you on. Maybe when things get rocking and rolling, we're actual gameplay, we'll sit down again, chirp each other a little bit, and have some more fun. Sounds good. Alright, my friend. Well, you be safe, and We'll talk to you soon, and thank you very much for your service to here in Canada and across the world. Obviously, we all rely on you guys, so I appreciate it very much. Well, thank you, and and thank you for having me on. No worries, buddy. We'll talk soon.